Carton. Blair. This is the one we've been waiting for, buddy. Episode 30. 30. The big 3-0. We're almost catching up to my age. We've got a lot longer to go before... <laughs> Um, <laughs> what? What before, you, what, before before we surpass it, that's all I was. You're middle age. What did you? What did you think? Middle age. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Big episode three. Oh, we made it. We definitely yeah, made it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, you know what I was thinking about um, today? We had uh, um, uh, about the the kind of entrepreneurship one we did last um, yes. last week. Um, uh, you know what? I I kind of had a really great idea too that I completely forgot to bring up. Really? Let's hear it. Yeah. So I'm okay. So I know people are going to think this is um, incredible, a game changer. So I think I'm six or seven <laughs> at, at, the, at this point, right? And okay. I'm reaching into a uh, a bin of bologna. You remember those like plastic rounds of bologna? Do they still do Absolutely. that? Yeah. Uh, so it's been a yeah while. I think so. Okay. It's been a while since I had bologna, but those plastic rounds, right? I'm, I'm reaching into it. I'm trying to grab bologna. I'm probably like half stack into it. Right. And I'm grabbing okay. it and I'm like tearing into this bologna and like ripping up the pieces and stuff like that. And as a, a seven-year-old, I'm distraught. Right. So I, I literally grab the package. I look on the back and I see a number to call. So I, I called a, like a quality assurance number and okay. I, I sit and on hold for like a, a tremendous amount of time for me. Um, and, and I finally get in touch with somebody and they're kind of, you okay, what are you calling about? What's the quality assurance thing? And I, I was like very excited. So I let them know I had a brilliant idea that they needed to implement right away. And that was yeah. that they needed to put a little indent on the side of this bologna case so that you could get your finger down there without any issues and grab a piece of bologna without ripping or tearing. <laughs> well, okay. And did they li- and did they listen? No, they didn't. And I think the reason that they didn't was because they, they asked me my address and at this point I was a little shaky. I maybe I got a little nervous so I was like, yeah, um let me uh okay. Yeah, and I like gave them the address and okay, uh-huh. And then your 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 um you know, city that you live in and your zip code and I nailed the city and then the zip code was a little bit, mm, I don't think I nailed it on that one. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not a hundred percent. I think it's got a six in there. I know there's a seven, but um, the other numbers, I'm not too sure. So at that point, I think the person out of the other line was like, oh, okay. Well, thank you so much yeah. for calling, you know, Oscar Meyer Quality Assurance Hotline. I really yeah. appreciate your time. Yeah. So, so do you feel like that was your chance at, you know, being uber wealthy? You I know, do. That, that, I, 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 yes. And so anybody the, that's out there that has that idea, go ahead and take <laughs> it and run with it. You know what? I'm not going to do the patent thing and I'm not going to be crazy about ownership. Just go with it. I'm, I, just I'm just a it. man that wants other people to have bologna that's not ripped. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> yeah. But you know, I haven't eaten bologna for a while, but don't the, doesn't the plastic just pop up so you can choose any piece you want? <laughs> I mean, Probably, <laughs> I guess. Can you imagine my like six-year-old self with it on the table, staring right down into it, and like, oh, come on, how is this thing gonna get out of here? I ripped it. I, just, I yeah, I just feel like you know. I think they got some low-tack glue, and now yeah. you can just separate the top from the bottom, and voila, you have the whole well, stack yeah. of beautiful baloney right there. So, well, okay, uh, that's. I mean, I well, guess that makes sense. But, uh, <laughs> I, th- I, well, I personally like- think my idea is way better. 
I know. I feel like I'm always dashing your 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 business. You are. Uh, you really are. You really Jeez. are. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to start a shoe store that that also has a bologna <laughs> section. A pick your own bologna section. No rips. No tears. Pure slices of bologna. Hey, yeah, I think that's great. So yeah. so listen, I got I got to tell you something. So we started the last podcast with talking about my drone, right? Yeah. Flying around. Yeah. 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 So uh, the night after we. We taped. I got some incredible footage of this grizzly. Oh um, no way! And, and it was insane, and it was it was so awesome. I've been I've been hoping to 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 catch one out, you know, in the evening and stuff. And one uh, that particular night, it was just it was about eight o'clock, and it was really really beautiful out. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go for a flight. Went for a flight, and I happened to just kind of catch this young male out, um, wandering in this, in this pasture, right. Just kind of, and he was yeah. this beautiful golden, I mean, really light and that's how he stuck out. So yeah. I, you know, I kind of just descended down lower and lower to see kind of what I could do. And, and I ended up getting just some incredible footage and just kind of followed him for a little bit and, and watched cool him. And that? that is awesome. It was really cool. And he, he saw it and he, he was at first, I kind of, I think he was a little bit apprehensive, but then he kind of just started doing his thing. You know, he didn't really, you know, I wasn't obviously threatening, but uh, anyway, so I thought that would be something maybe to post on Instagram. Cause it really was once I, once I figure out how to get some still shots out of the video, um, but it was incredible. Oh and yeah, sure. it, that would be really cool to put on there. That's a great idea. Plus not, yeah. not to mention, I just want to see it so you can send it to me just so I can look at it. Yeah, no, it was cool. Well, listen, um, okay. So episode 30, we have a very special guest tonight card and I, I've been looking forward to this one for a while. Yeah. So, so have I, I'm, I'm really excited. We, we have a, uh, a Chelsea Burnett here and we've been talking this one up for a, a while. So she's from Texas storm chasers. Um, and, and she has, uh, we're, we're just really excited to have her on. So her, her chase Absolutely. career has been slowly evolving since early 2011 when she met David, who was the founder of Texas storm chaser and Ginny after attending a local storm chaser conference. Um, she enjoys hitting the open road for storms at every opportunity, especially alongside boyfriend, Adam Lucio, owner of Illinois storm chasers. Um, Chelsea resides just down the street from Ginny with her young son and two fur babies. Um, Chelsea, thank you so much for being with us. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, we're, we're so excited to have you on. We have tons and tons of questions. Um, we're both very weather and storm oriented and things like that. But if um, if you could just kind of introduce yourself and then kind of what you do at Texas Storm Chasers. Absolutely. My name is Chelsea Burnett and I am one of six Texas Storm Chaser members. We have three guys and three gals and I just happen to be the one that likes to get out in front of people and talk to them. <laughs> so uh, I really appreciate y'all asking us uh, to do this podcast, but um, I'm originally from Oklahoma. So for a lot of Texans get out their pitchforks and yell at me for being a part of this group, I have <laughs> been living in Texas for 14 years now. So I grew up in the heart of of tornado alley you know that nice little stretch in the central plains um, from texas oklahoma kansas nebraska you know parts of missouri maybe colorado uh, just that part of the united states that sees the most active weather in the spring so i you know gr growing up with storms it, it, it was just a normal thing and I've always loved weather. It's always been a part of me. And I tried to grow up and go to school to get a degree in meteorology. But as with most science-driven fields, there's a lot of math involved. And 
I actually kind of flunked out of that bath and I tucked my tail between my legs and moved here to Texas and just got a degree in business, which actually helps me out more in the real world than a degree in meteorology could have. So, um, you know, I put weather on the back burner for a little bit till I got my feet on the ground here in Texas. And that's when I met um, owner David Reimer. And uh, we met at a local weather conference and went storm chasing after that. And between then and now I've seen 32 tornadoes and counting. So uh, wow. it's definitely been a journey. Yeah. So yeah, the group grew from two high school kids in 2009, uh, recording wildfires out West. The footage went viral and then they decided that there was a need for this type of content on social media. So Texas storm chaser was Texas storm chasers were born. And now it went from two high schoolers to six well-rounded individuals we all have our different uh, niches within the group. Mine is public speaking. So here we are. <laughs> well, awesome. that's, that's an awesome. Um, very cool. And 32 storms is, is incredible. And we're definitely going to get to your experience with that. But I, I do want to, you kind of mentioned the, the social media aspect and the, the media and content in general of Texas Storm Chaser. So what is it that it, you guys um, kind of cater to and what kind of um, content are you trying to put out? Absolutely. So we all have our individual involvement with the content. David is definitely in the face of our live broadcast. So when Texas sees any sort of severe or tornado weather, he is on their live, doesn't matter what time of day, it could be early in the morning, it could be late at night. He's on uh, Facebook, YouTube, going live with wall to wall coverage of that weather. And then we have Jason and Alex who specialize in actually being out in the field, chasing, live streaming those chases. And then I come in behind with my content from chases, whether that be video or photography. And we all kind of compile all of our footage from a certain day into one YouTube video to put out to the public to watch. So we archive our live broadcasts on YouTube. Um, we have just compilations of past storm chases we've been on, uh, on YouTube. And that's basically the gist of it for social media. We do blogs where when there's upcoming severe weather, uh, Jenny or David will get on the horn and they'll, they'll put a blog out that will push out through our website to our app to uh, Facebook. So basically we, we cover all aspects of the weather before, during, and after. So everyone, if they don't like Facebook, they have a way to download our app and access that information too. So that's, that's the social media angle of it all. Awesome. Wow, so, so cool. Chelsea, Chelsea, I have a question. So were you, um, this seems like kind of an adrenaline junkie kind of thing. <laughs> So, so prior to you getting into this, is, does that describe you? Were you kind of an adrenaline junkie? Did you like thrills and things like that? I did. Um, however, on the flip side, I grew up with a stutter. So I absolutely hated like the limelight. I hated the attention. I hated being called on. So it was like, it was a nice adrenaline rush, but don't, don't give me any attention over it or else I'll freak out. <laughs> 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 gotcha. Do you, do you remember any experiences? You kind of mentioned this storms as a kid. Was that something that, uh, you, you really enjoyed? You remember from, from even way back when, do you have any vivid experiences of, of storms when you were a kiddo? Well, starting back as young as two, both of my parents have attested that I would just stand at the door and watch the storms out the window. <laughs> and as I got older, I would actually 
get up in the middle of the night because I would hear the storms coming in. I'd get up in the middle of the night without the window, of course, get in trouble and told to go back to bed. But the most vivid experience I had that kind of kicked my passion into high gear was I was um, in seventh grade when Oklahoma experienced one of its worst tornado outbreaks, which was May 3rd, 1999. So I was 12, almost 13 years old when this happened. And that was just a you know, we had a night of bouncing from house to house, shelter to shelter, checking on family members, family members coming to our house to avoid the storm. So it was very chaotic, very, you know, just eye-opening, like, oh, this is stuff I follow all the time, but now it's happening to me and I actually like it. Oh, so instead of uh, where you would see most people could kind of be turned off, you were kind of like, give me more. <laughs> I was. That adrenaline rush was there. It was like, ooh, this is actually exciting. We're running from it. We're hiding from it. You know, it's coming. Like, it's real. Yes. So so let's talk about the movie Twister. And, and I'm sure this comes up a lot <laughs> because Card and I were talking about that. Great movie. And it it, it kind of put tornadoes in this whole storm chasing thing front page. You know, did that did that truly inspire a whole generation of storm chasers? Absolutely. I think seeing it on a big screen from Hollywood, seeing that portrayed in the manner that it was really did send a lot of people into overdrive with their passion for weather. It just further fueled and encouraged them. My poor parents, they probably regret the day they showed me that video because I'd, I'd yeah. pop that VHS in. I'd watch it all the time. I watch it if it was streaming. I still do as an adult. I still watch it. But yes, yeah. the social aspect of, social, of, of Twister was actually on point. You have your... The, the weather group is definitely an eclectic one. There's definitely, you know, your Jonas's and your Bills and your Rabbits and your Dusty's. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, definitely uh, uh, an expert on the movie, as you can tell. That's incredible. I'll never forget that scene where the, what is it, the F5 at the end, everybody's sitting down, you know, at the the movie theater and the that thing comes and kind of rips apart the screen and stuff. It's just that, that movie, I think. Oh, the drive-in. Dr oh yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The drive-in for sure. It was yep. incredible. Um, so how much of that now that you're kind of experiencing, you've done the, the storm chasing, like how much of that is reality and how much of that is totally like this never, this stuff doesn't happen. It's totally, this stuff never happens for the most part. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. You can't really predict the, the rating of a tornado before or while it's happening. I mean, you can take a wild guess, but the National Weather Service has to come in and survey the damage, you know, 24 to 48 hours after the storm passes to determine how strong it is. So that's one mark that they got wrong. And then the second one was just how they just kept going and never really slept. And it just seemed like they were chasing for like two days straight, and, right. you know. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think. The... When they put the Dorothy's in front of the tornado, getting that mm -hmm. close is definitely, I mean, there are probably a lot of people out there who probably say that they would, but I definitely wouldn't get that close right. and let, let the debris fall from the sky the way it does. But um, otherwise, yeah, the movie's pretty spot on when it comes to so even the part where they're belting themselves in the cellar, and then they're <laughs> no, we've made it. No, no, no that, that part's not. 
That's no, right. that drove me nuts. The way, uh, like in the beginning, when they <laughs> huddled underneath the little bridge and the tractor got lifted up, but they were perfectly mm-hmm. fine under the. No, yeah. like you, you, you would be pelted by debris. You would be pierced by debris. There is no yeah. way that could happen, and you survive. Absolutely. You know not. that's so good to know because a lot of my tornado safety comes from Twister. So I'm gonna have oh. to really rethink exactly <laughs> everything I I do because it's like, well, go to a bridge for the, sure. They're only movies because they did it in Twister. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're only movies, yeah. Carden. They're, they're oh right, no, right, sir. Right. I got. I've I will send you my link to my free 15 minutes severe weather preparedness and, and get you up to speed on that stuff. Yeah, that would be great. (laughs) For sure. Actually, you know what, if you want to hit us with, with some highlights from that, I think that would be really interesting. So what are, what are some, you know, some, some top uh, advice you would give for, you know, managing or going through a storm? What are some of the, the tips and tricks? Well, if it's so a lot of the, I've been giving severe weather presentations since 2018. So a lot of the questions I get is what do I do when I'm out on the road? Because people are traveling more these days, you know, mm-hmm. especially now that COVID we've come over that hump of it. Um, and a lot of people's questions have to do with being on the road and what, what they should do. So if, if you're in a severe thunderstorm warning or a tornado warning, you're on the road, you first want to pull off the road. You want to get to shelter. If you can, if, if you're in town and you see a grocery store come up or a gas station coming up or just some sort of structural building that you can park and get inside of, do that. If you are out in the middle of nowhere with no shelter to take my personal advice, this is what I would do. This is what I always say. This is what I would do. I would park. I would get out of my car. I would get into a ditch or the lowest lying area along that stretch of road that I could find and lay as flat as possible because most likely that car is going to get get bumped off the road or overturned or worse, it's going to get blown away. So I don't want to be in the car when that happens. And a lot of people are like, well, if there's a tornado on the ground, what do I do? And I say, the first thing you do is you look at this tornado. If you see it moving from side to side, it, it it's most likely moving away from you and you should be okay. However, if you're looking at this tornado and all it's doing is getting wider and wider and wider, <laughs> And not moving, that means it's coming right <laughs> for you and you need to get out of the way, you know. So those would be my quick tips on um, if if you're out on the road and that happens. Ah. Uh, so are you so, uh, are you out run, running a, a tornado in a car? I mean, I, I feel like my instinct. Oh, well, yeah, they don't they don't flip move a UE. fast. Yeah. I mean, how what's the ground speed of a tornado? It just depends on the speed of, of, of the storm. Most of the tornadoes we chase are, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20, 25 miles per hour. So uh, you're right. A lot of tornadoes, they, they do move pretty slowly, but it just depends on how fast the the storms are moving to, um, you know, a, a lone supercell out in the middle of nowhere will likely move slower than a line of thunderstorms with embedded tornadoes, you know? So, um, it just depends on what the situation is. Gotcha. Better safe than sorry. Okay. I got exactly. Yep. So, so Chelsea, um, my, I'm, I'm a Montana guy, but my, my family is from Kansas. And so, Um, I heard all the stories about growing up in, in Twister country. And um, so I was down there, this is 10, 15 years ago. And, you know, we up here, we, we have thunderstorms just like they do everywhere. But I had never been through a plains thunderstorm. And it was incredible. It, it was a wall of black. And when those things hit, it, I mean, it just, I'd never seen anything like it. And the lightning was incredible. And I asked, I asked my stepdad, you know, are they always like this? And so you, the storms that you guys get down there, 
Um, what? Why are they so much more intense? You know, with the with the thunder and the and the lightning and everything. I mean, is it is it a geographical thing? Yes, definitely a geographical thing. Ingredients come together differently down here than they do up there. And I'm glad you brought up Montana because we actually just got back from a seven day chasecation where we were up in Montana. Um, we were up there for this beautiful supercell structure on the 10th, and. Yeah we had never seen anything like it. It moved real slow. You know, it, it was beautiful. We, we had a decent road network where we could keep up with it. And then we saw three, two or three North Dakota tornadoes the, the next day on the 11th. So yes, chasing up there is very different in terms of what is necessary to create those supercell thunderstorms and tornadoes there. The, mm -hmm. the ingredients don't have to be as potent up North as they do down here to get tornadoes in terms of moisture, shear, instability, all those ingredients that's necessary for those types of storms. The North mm -hmm. can get it done with less. <laughs> so really, but yeah, but we, but we seem to have much less severe tornadoes. Um, yes. I mean, is that also a result of that? The ingredients you're talking about? Yes. Um, there's not like the Gulf of Mexico moisture has a harder time getting up that far north. Okay. So that's also okay. one ingredient okay. that tends okay. to make the, the storms down here the way they are because we're in such close pro proximity to, to that. And also the unique nature of how the Gulf of, the Gulf of Mexico moisture meets up with that cooler, drier air from um, Colorado. Uh, you got the cooler from Colorado, the drier air coming in from the west, from Arizona and New Mexico meets oh, up with the okay. Gulf moisture. That's we're in that kind of unique area for that to come together the way it does. Sure, sure. Wow, yeah. incredible. So, what was your what was your first um, chase experience like? Because I know you you said you'd follow storms around and things like that, but what was it actually like being a you know a kind of a part of this team and then actually going out for the first time? It nothing happened on my first chase. Absolutely oh, really? nothing. It was what's called a blue sky bust. We drove oh, up nice. to the Red River, which is the border between Texas and Oklahoma, March twenty yeah. fifth, two thousand eleven. I remember the date, and <laughs> it was my first chase. I was pumped. I was excited. You know, uh, I was perspiring. I was so excited. I was just like, you know, the heart is racing and no storms developed. So we just kind of chilled out in the parking lot and then we eventually got together on some dirt road somewhere, sat out there till dark, and then the storms developed. But of course it was nighttime, we were bored, we had work the next day, we you know, called it off. But yeah, yeah. So most of the time, I wouldn't say most of the time, but some of the time the chases can go that way where the ingredients don't come together the way that they're forecasted to and you've driven 400 miles for nothing. So. <laughs> Yeah, which is kind of, yeah, I didn't drive that far long, my right? first time. Yeah, but I drove, you know, maybe 45 minutes to an hour to uh, where we were for my first chase. And, you know, it was a good lesson. It was a nice humbling lesson. It's like, oh, okay, we, you know, we totally uh, undermined some last minute things that happened in the atmosphere. And, you know, we're left with tucking our tails between our legs and going home with nothing. But um, uh, my first tornado, though, happened four years after that. Uh, it was a nighttime day after Christmas tornado. One I'd never ever thought I would say would be my first tornado, let alone a tornado I would see. <laughs> so that, that one was a whole different story. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't stop now. What was that? <laughs> what, the day after Christmas yeah, tornado. Yeah. I, don't leave yeah. us in suspense, please. I, I tend to get a little wordy with my responses. So I try to cut myself short. Yes. So um, I had spent 
Christmas in Oklahoma uh, with, with my son and I had taken my dog up there and we were driving back at 11 o'clock in the morning. No big deal. All of a sudden my phone starts going off for a tornado warning. I'm thinking I'm on the highway. I'm, I'm driving on the highway with my dog and my toddler in the back. And luckily we came up on an exit where I could pull off, take a look at things. And sure enough, a severe thunderstorm warn, a severe thunderstorm had developed and there was a um, circulation detected. So they put a tornado warning out for it. So I got us all out of the car. I got into the rest stop bathroom, hunkered down in a stall and waited for it to pass over. So Throughout the day, as I got home and as I got to talking to everybody, they were like, yeah, this is shaping up to be a very interesting afternoon and evening for DFW. So I dropped the kiddo off with his grandparents. Um, they're always very good about taking him whenever I want to get out in storm chase. And um, David and Paige and I, we got out. Um, David and Paige were in one vehicle. I was in another. They, We started out going the same way. However, we kind of went separate ways once storms really got going and granted this was my first like potential chase chase so i was like yeah mm -hmm. I'm, I'm i'm gonna hang back and kind of be cautious about this so yeah. i pulled over i pulled off at a gas station i'm looking across the highway i'm looking west at this storm that's moving in on radar and it becomes tornado warned and after a couple of minutes of standing there i'm recording i have it on my phone i start seeing power flashes and as the oh, lightning eliminated the sky and as these power flashes went on, there was a tornado. So that was my crazy. very first tornado ever. Wow. Um, but then on on up the road and down a few miles, the bigger, more well-known tornado happened. That was the Garland Rowlett tornado that actually killed uh, 13 people, I believe. And they were all mm. mainly on the major highway that crossed through the area. So mm -hmm. there were fatalities with that particular event that night. The tornado I saw just happened to be one of the weaker ones, but it was a tornado nonetheless. So that's, that's my story of my first one. That's awesome. Wow. Wow. So, <laughs> so, so Chelsea, I have a question. So you Ooh. described when you were just talking about um, chasing these storms. So you obviously there's, it, it sounds like there's two scenarios. There's a storm that's already developed that you can go and it's active Mm -hmm. Or you are trying to get ahead of it, so you're looking at the ingredients, as you call them, and you're trying to predict when it will get there. So, so what percentage are the predictions versus active storms that you that you get on on the time? I just off the top of my head would probably say seventy five percent of the time. It turns out the way that we were all thinking. Now. Will, will we be there right when the storm initiates? No, because sometimes there's a situation where several storms initiate at the same time and it's just the luck of the draw on which one you pick. So mm -hmm. you have to dive deeper into your skills and which I've totally learned by watching my boyfriend, Adam. He has seen 240 tor tornadoes now. So uh -huh. he has definitely guided me along my chasing journey so far. Uh, I definitely accredit a lot of my education toward him because just going out with him and watching him do his thing and forecast and talk with the other chasers. So I would say that, you know, about 75% of our chases, we've been able to get on and see some storms the way that we had planned on. So, wow. Wow. yeah. Wow. Very cool. So you, you did bring up, um, Adam and, uh, you know, I, I actually have tons of family, um, in Illinois. So is, is he, um, and he's in, in the, the leader of the Illinois storm chasers, right? Correct. He's co- Owner, yeah, it's um, him and uh, Danny Neal that uh, co-own Illinois Storm Chasers. Oh, very cool. So, where, are they located more than in Southern Illinois? 
No, they're actually in the Chicago area. Um, Danny is from Ketone. And um, Adam is actually from uh, south side of Chicago. He he goes back and forth. He's mainly here in Texas now, but he goes back and forth at least once a quarter uh, back to Chicago uh, for whatever. But um, yeah, he was born and raised there. So they have that group. We have ours. We co-mingle. We share resources. We have a lot of Texas transplants who are from the Illinois area. So they kind of appreciate that joint effort on our part to share that information. So, uh, but yeah, they've, they've been around just as long as we have. And, uh, it's, it's been interesting. Well, that's a, you know, I, I don't remember, I'm, I'm trying to think. So I grew up in, you know, in Missouri and then, um, lived in Illinois for a while before coming out to Montana. And I can oh. only think probably about maybe four times we were in the basement with, um, the warnings going off and we were in, um, central Illinois at, mm-hmm. at that point, but you know, we got the storms and the, it, and Blair's exactly right. Watching that. I remember yeah. one time I was at a, a baseball game and watching this wall of clouds come through and then the hail came and, and the wind comes so Ooh. quick, but you can just watch it forever. You know what I mean? And, uh, the smell you never forget. So that, I mean, the whole experience is, is incredible. So I can't even imagine what it's like, um, being there for a tornado. So what are some of your, like, unforgettable chasing experiences? I would have to say May 25th, 2016 was my first like big daytime tornado event um, after seeing the nighttime tornado just a few months prior. And Adam and I went out to Kansas. We um, were near a storm uh, near Chapman and we were able to witness the storm develop. We were able to witness the uh, tornado genesis, if you will, just the evolution of all the steps that it takes for a storm to become tornadic. We watched this wall cloud develop. We watched a funnel develop. We watched it condense to the ground into a tornado. And we watched that thing track for an hour and a half. And that tornado ended up being an EF4. And we were maybe a quarter mile or so from it at some points, um, of course, behind it where it was moving away from us, but it was just such a majestic thing to be able to witness, you know, the things you read about and you hear about how tornadoes work and develop to see all that in motion, which right. is absolutely wild. So that's my story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Very cool. So, so Chelsea, um, obviously there's a thrill component Right. I mean, oh, yeah. like you said early. So what are other reasons that you do this now? Are you getting are you getting scientific data? Do you share information or is a lot of this really just driven by your love for observation and just being a part of it as it happens? A little bit of everything. So we do have um, a positive impact on what we do with reporting the storms and what they're doing and the local Weather news outlets, as well as the National Weather Service offices, heavily rely on people being out in the field. So nowadays, technology's made it so much easier and faster to to report these kinds of things. So most storm chasers have an app called Radar Scope, and it's mm-hmm. it's a paid subscription to this app. You can uh, log your GPS location on there. It has your name, your call sign, if you're a ham radio operator like myself, or your phone number or email or whatever. So when someone sees your icon near a thunderstorm. One of those entities or who or whomever is interested can can give you a call or email you and say, hey, we see you're on the storm. What's it doing? And we also have a way to just report it from the app itself. So most of those entities will just kind of wait for those re- reports to come in. Um, 
because a lot of times you hear of meteorologists saying, yeah, this, this storm has a hook signature on radar. It looks like it could be a tornado, but we don't know for sure. That's where storm chasers come in. We say, yep, that is a wall cloud, or we say, yep, that tornado is on the ground. And that's usually when they issue the warnings if they haven't already. So that's our positive impact on, on that. And, um, you know, when you talk about the aspect of doing it for ourselves and for the thrill of it, a lot of us are into foot photography who do this or oh, we're into videography. So mm -hmm. tons of pictures, tons of video, time lapses, that kind of thing is also what drives us to get out there because you can get some really beautiful content, whether that be in form of a tornado or in, in form of just great supercellular structure like we saw in Montana two weeks ago, um, or just some really prolific nighttime lightning after the storm passes. So there's all those different avenues from a photography standpoint to chase storms. So Chelsea, wow. I saw the, I saw the image. Um, there was a they. I don't know which news agency got it, but they circulated. <laughs> there was one image in particular of that storm, um, and it was unbelievable. And I I kept wondering <laughs> if it was photoshopped because of the, no. <laughs> the the combination of the colors, and then the, uh -huh. the cloud saturation was incredible. I've ne I've never even seen a cloud like that in pictures. Anything. I mean, um, that that was out of that structure, was not. Yes, um, that it, that image you might be speaking of is probably from someone named Aaron Brigsby. Um, he's he's a fellow storm chaser that we all know, and um, I, I do recall his image getting around like on Petapixel and other types of websites like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if if it was his particular image. But uh, there there are there were a lot of us on that on that particular storm that day. So a lot of us got really good content from it. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was from him or someone else that I already know. <laughs> well, I, I was just surprised that it came out of that area just because again, yeah. compared to where you guys are at, we're not known for mm -hmm. those kind of, but it, and it, again, it was so striking, um, strikingly yes. different than anything I'd seen. So, um, yep. yeah, that was, that was, must've been amazing to see in person. It really was. Absolutely. Yes. Especially like you said, for Montana standards, we were just jaws on the ground for like two hours. <laughs> so oh, it, was, cool. it was great. We loved it. Okay. So <laughs> I've, I've got two questions based upon what you said. One, I thought I heard you say that you had, you were, you did the hand radio as a part of like kind of going around. Ham. ham. Yeah. Ham. Yes. It's, it's a, it's a very, um, I, I say old, um, only because, I was part of a ham, H-A-M, radio club here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Thank you for clarifying that, yeah. So not <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't even know. I was Are thinking ham because don't you have to cue the mic that way? See, I have no idea. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Ham, you're, right. you're close. You're yeah, okay, close. Yeah, 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 right. Okay, okay. I get it. I get it, yeah. He's a youngin', Chelsea. He okay, doesn't know. Yeah. So my question is, do you have a handle? Yes. Don't you have uh, a call sign, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah, it is KF five HAS or Kilo Foxtrot five Hotel Alpha Sierra. Oh, nice! I thought it was going to be something like Smoky or something. Nah, uh, right? No, I'm too lazy cool. to personalize it. Nah. Okay. All right. My second question was. So I, I, you know, I do exactly, you were talking about the images and the, the, the videos that come from there, you know, I can get into, um, I hate to say YouTube tunnels where I'm just like watching tornado <laughs> footage. Cause I think it's absolutely incredible, but 
my question is since you you know you've seen and you have a foot in both worlds does it do it justice i mean is there is there any anything like just being there no i don't think so not even any live streaming or video you just don't get the full sense of what is going on and what it took to get to where it is and what we witnessed beforehand uh yeah i i, I don't think any sort of live streaming or video compilation or any sort of mega photoshopped anything would do what we see any justice really like it gives you a great idea but man nothing beats being there in person <laughs> yeah, i'm guessing yeah, that's what keeps you coming back too right oh yes yes like because my boyfriend's seen 240 tornadoes like a lot of people would, would think you know okay he's ready to hang his hat he's seen it all nope that <laughs> man is still just as in fact we're talking about maybe going to nebraska tomorrow because there's potential up there uh tomorrow and friday so oh, we're, we're having to he's having to make a decision in 57 minutes if he's going to be taking the next two days off work or not so oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. so that that brings up my question what do you guys do for day jobs Ooh, that is a great question because a lot of our followers and people who we talk to, they're like, oh, well, that's nice. You get paid to choose store. No, 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 we don't. I am. I work for a, an insurance broker here in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm kind of behind the scenes with my job, but I was working from home prior to COVID. So it, it wasn't anything different for me to be working from home through uh, now. So sure. it, my boss is well aware of my passion. He has a high respect for it. He real, he's, he's a boss that doesn't micromanage. He's, he just says, as long as everything's quiet, no one's complaining about you. I don't care when you get your work done. So I can structure my day based on my schedule. And if I'm going to go storm chasing and I know ahead of time, I'll just plow through the next day's work when I can. And I'll wake up real early, knock it out some of it from the road if adam drives you know so technology has really allowed us to do that kind of thing to to make the best of both worlds to you know keep a steady paycheck on the table but yet we still get to dabble in our life's passions so and he works he works yeah he works for a, a, a deck and fencing company in arlington which is about an hour's drive from here so he's he's manual labor um but he also has his own YouTube channel going. Um, he has his own Patreon subscription for his followers. So, you know, it's, it's small, it's just starting out, but we're hoping it'll build over time into something that can support us. In the future. That's awesome. So, no, so Chelsea, cool. uh, I know down in, in well, tornado alley, there's actually companies that will, you can pay to take you storm chasing. So, yes. so what, you know, how is that perceived in the storm chasing world? Is that, is that kind of frowned upon or, you know, because it, I mean, you know, just like what you said, how many times did you have to go out before you actually saw one? And if you're paying mm -hmm. for that, so, I mean, so give me your opinion of that whole, that, that whole kind of gig. That's another great question because I um, am friends with a, uh, we, we know personally one of the storm chasing uh, tours out of here. In fact, Adam, that's also how he makes his money during the chase season. He asks, he gets paid to be a guide for these okay. storm chasing tours. So the one in particular that we know and, and love is Tornadic Expeditions. It's out of Northeast Texas and the owner operator, Eric Burns operates, I think eight tours throughout 
uh, between April and July. So they're anywhere from a five day, 10 day tours. I think there's seven day tours in there. The base cities are either Oklahoma city, Denver, or rapid city, South Dakota. So it depends on what time of year where that base city is. And so what will happen is people from all over the world, uh, we have Australians, we have Germans, we have, you know, Swedes, we have, you know, all kinds of people from all walks of life who pay money to see tornadoes. Now we don't, I say we, the tour companies don't guarantee it. They, they do say they do have a, a thing where this is what Eric does. He says, if I cannot get you on a tornado warned storm, so if they don't even at least get on a tornado warned one, you'll give them a discount to book again. And so I think so far, all but one tour so far this season has seen a tornado at least. Oh, and wow. I was, I've been out on his tours before in 2019. Uh, I spent two days out on the road with them while Adam guided, they had one more seat in the van for me. So I was able to go along and witness all this firsthand. And it's, it's cool being there for people to see tornadoes for the first time. Like it's like us seeing him for the first time again. It's just such <laughs> yeah, a cool yeah. thing to witness. We love it. <laughs> So is this, is, are they doing like 72 hours of like, okay, strap in. Cause we're in the, we're in the mm -hmm. bus and we're going everywhere. Okay. So uh -huh. it's like, just prepare yourself. Cause for the next three days, we're traveling anywhere and everywhere. And it could be hundreds of miles. Yes. And I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of people it's, it's funny because tours are different. Like you, you can have one tour where the guests are just gung ho. They're all about it. They're troopers. And you have other tours with guests who are very much like, I need to be in my hotel room at 8, 8 p.m. so I can get my beauty sleep cut. You know, and that just, yeah. you just can't make that work. And so it's it's very eye-opening for those people because they don't realize it's mainly driving. Like 80% of the time, you're driving. You're yeah, just in the right, vehicle right. for several hours <laughs> each day. So yeah, it's very gruesome, but it's, but the reward, I mean, you're, oh, right. you're on a tornado yeah. high. For yeah. So, yeah, the payoff. I, I would do that in a heartbeat. Uh, Blair, mm -hmm. would you is that something you would sign up for yeah i i yeah i think so uh you know i actually i'll be honest in in all honesty i i would feel like i almost just want to jump in a car and go myself you know you can control the radio that's why uh, uh -huh, exactly <laughs> yeah. that's right. uh, just, well uh, it's so, you know i i oh well, I'm sorry. Did you want to hear the the rest of the answer, Carton? Or yes, 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 I did. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say I'm sorry. the guy on the tour that always kind of wanders off, and you just want to see the you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. on it and stuff. So, um, no, but yeah, I, he's I, the guy I, I, on the I, tour that everybody's in the bus and we're ready to go chase a tornado, <laughs> yes. and, and we're like, "Where is he at? What is this guy doing?" And he comes out. And like, I just met the most interesting person in there. Yeah, that's right. You would <laughs> never believe You'd what be like, this Blair, guy you does for a living. Your right. own just take yeah, your own exactly. Time next time. Yeah, exactly. You can follow us for now on. <laughs> so I, I think, um, I think it's, it is, I think, uh, a, a kind of a misconception that some of these storm chasers and, and like exactly like you mentioned are, you know, getting paid and this is what they do and it's incredible. Um, but really it seems more like a kind of a, a kind of an amateur and almost like a hobby. So what, what, um, yes. um, advice do you have for people that have this passion? Like, how do you even get started? So we get those types of questions in our inboxes weekly. We get emails, we get DMs on social media saying, how can I do what you do? And honestly, the, the question is just, it's been years of hard work at it. And we usually pinpoint to um, someone starting out by taking a Skyborne Storm Spotter training course. This is offered through mm -hmm. most of the 
local National Weather Service offices throughout the U.S. And they, they're they usually once a year on a particular date, anywhere between January and March. They always put out the schedule in late December of what each office what their schedule looks like, what day, what time, and where. But now um, you can actually just take the course online at any time through meded.com. And all people have to do is just Google search online Skywarn storm spotter training. And it'll take them to that meded website. They can register, they can take the course, and they're not really certified at the end there's there's nothing that'll license you or anything for it it's just simply educational it's free it's open to all ages and that is just like a very general dip your toe into the world like that's a very safe and and easy way to to do that but but for people interested in this subject that'd be actually probably a very interesting way to you know to learn about it Yes, because you go through the course, you you can familiar familiarize yourself with the local National Weather Service office, get to know those people that work there, um, and you know, kind of put yourself out there on social media as well. Find local wet weather groups and just start talking to people. That's usually just where it starts. You just start communicating, you just start networking, forming authentic bonds with people who are also into weather. And that's just how we have grown into the circle of friends that we are is just from over the years of introducing ourselves, getting to know people. You just, you start to find your people who like weather in the way that you do, you know, are you the cautious stand far away, take beautiful, you know, take beautiful structure shots and you're done. Or are you the get up under the belly of the storm, (laughs) core it, get your head carding up, you know, you find your tribe that way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's the guy I like. Uh, yeah, the same. I, I think I agree with that too. I like to say that, but until I'm staring down a tornado, I I guess I don't know. I you know I just don't know. So so what is the um I, I shouldn't say what's the community like, but is there a large community? I mean, once you kind of find the niche and you find your people, like is there just a massive network of of people that are chasing storms? Absolutely. In fact, it's, it's growing. Um, I, you know, and a, a lot of it's kind of negative because it's just people looking for their 15 minutes of fame and they're not truly about, you know, this, the, the science or just the, the authenticity of being in part of the weather com- community. Um, but yes, uh, social media technology has made it easier for people to get out there and do that. But on the flip side, when we're out trying to storm chase and we're out on these remote roads, they can get bogged down. There, there are traffic jams on chases sometimes because oh, there's wow. just so many chasers out there now. And you're able to look at radar scope and see where all the other chasers are. And you can just kind of cheat and just kind of go wherever the most red dots, dots are on the screen. Mm, so okay. it's, yeah, it's yeah. both a blessing and a curse, you know, cause you get the yeah. people out there who are out there for the wrong reasons, who, cause drama who are out there and they have accidents. Yeah, it's just like, ah, yeah. crazy. I could see uh, already formulating the, like the, the storm of storms, like a reality TV show, right? Oh uh, yeah. Is it, it's about the tornadoes, but also, oh, this group and these guys and, oh uh, yeah, you know, the, uh, oh, exactly like Twister, right? I forgot the whole, yeah. the whole, yeah. together. <laughs> all the guys in the fancy, the fancy pickups yes. and all that and, and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah. Uh, so how, how do you get the, so the, you mentioned the 15 minutes of fame. How is a storm chaser getting their 50 minutes uh, of fame? 
they can live stream, they can, they can send their content to local news stations who will eat it up like sharks for free, just for credit. Um, so mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. that's their way of, of getting themselves out there is just getting the content and putting out there for free, which we kind of discourage because it does take our time and talent, time away from family, time away from work, our own paycheck spent on doing this. We need to be recouped in some way. And the way we oh, do yeah. that is mm-hmm. we have a media broker and our media broker is the one who we upload our video to. And then they go to the local and national news outlets and they get our uh, money from them. So there is a big budget for this. It's just most people just want it for free. Oh yeah. They just want their name on it. Wow. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. So, so Chelsea, I, I have a question. Have you ever witnessed a hurricane? No, and that I, I I gave two presentations today to um, a school in Houston, and one of those questions came from the kids. They're like, "Have you ever seen a hurricane?" That is on my bucket list for 2021. Um, I'm hoping that between now and the end of hurricane season, I might get down to the Texas coast and witness one for myself. My boyfriend has two other members of Texas Storm Chasers have one of them went through Michael in a car, you know, mm-hmm. so it's my turn this year. I want to <laughs> ride out a hurricane in a car. Not really. Oh, but. Oh, uh, so well, speaking it, of that, and have you had any um, close calls? I mean, what, what's uh, throughout the, cause I, I don't remember exactly how many you said you saw, but ha- have there any been that are like, Oh, we, that if we took a left there, it would have been bad. Yeah. Cha- okay. So last year we went chasing in Missouri and there ended up being, um, a pretty big tornado near Bassfield, Mississippi last year. And, um, of course, if you've been to Mississippi or any part of Dixie alley, it's mainly trees and very, very windy roads. Mm -hmm. It's nothing like the plains where it's open fields and gridded highways. Right. So Mm -hmm. we're, 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 we're coming down this road and it's lined with trees. It's wall to wall with trees. The sky is dark and we start seeing this really creepy smoke monster from lost black fog. Mm-hmm. off of the road in front of us and we're like what yes. is that like that can't be good even adam had never seen anything like he's like i don't know what that is but we're not going back down that road so so we turn around and as we're coming back the tornado was actually nearby and as it moved away from us we got caught up in some winds that were coming in behind the tornado and it was lofting tree debris it was making power lines spark it was taking siding off buildings oh, and i would man. probably say that was my closest call because you couldn't we see couldn't see the tornado at all you just you just had signs that it was nearby and that creepy lost smoke monster fog thing in the road was just yeah i still get (laughs) we have video of it we have you know all kinds of dash cam video and video of all of that happening but it it, like watching it still i'm like oh gosh i can't believe how close we were to that So, yeah. so Chelsea, you guys as a group, um, you guys must get together at least once annually. So what is the big, oh. what is the big, uh, hoopla that you all get together for? I mean, there's gotta <laughs> be something. Yeah. So there used to be what's called ChaserCon, And after mm. its 20th year, the people who used to run it, they kind of just let it go and kind of let someone else try to take over it. But they, we used to get together in Denver every February. It was like president's day week weekend every year for almost 20 years, storm chasers would gather and we would have a weekend of guest speakers and 
courses on, on, you know, forecasting and radar and all that stuff. So now that that's kind of over with, um, it's usually our birthdays or like a Halloween or some sort of holiday where we all will get together and, uh, we'll either get together for my birthday here at my house where we all get together or, you know, so it's several times a year that like for the 4th of July, where a lot of us are getting together pending and chasing, but, um, so it, it just takes a holiday or someone's birthday to get us all together now. And I say all of us, but it's mainly a, a, a core of, you know, the same 15, 20 people that get together. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just imagine you all there, like on the fourth, checking your phones and all of a sudden alert goes off <laughs> and everybody's running yes. for their car, right? That is, yes, that, that can happen. <laughs> and yeah, we've, we've, you know, Adams, he's missed a lot of family events, but he, he, he has not backed out of like a wedding or anything you know, of a friend or family member because of weather. So, um, there are a lot of things that we'll miss for it, but yeah, we still try to, you know, stick to those family obligations. And I'm, I'm a parent, I have an eight year old son. So, you know, I, I have that obligation as, as, as well, but, um, my visitation arrangement with his dad, we have joint custody. So every other week I I can get out and storm chase. So this week, if we want to go to to Nebraska tomorrow, I can, because he's with his dad until Monday. Right. So, gotcha. yeah. Is, are, are you are you bringing up a future storm chaser? Is there any? Interest there? Uh, no, he's already. You know, he's. I'll show him pictures. Like last on on the eleventh, when I stood outside in front of a tornado with my hands in the air, I showed it to my son. He was just like. He's just kind of numb. Yeah, he really is. Though um, a, a few months ago, we had a tornado warning and a storm moved over our house that was tornado warned and it was at night. So I actually had to go wake him up and bring him downstairs just in case. And he was a little nervous about that. He he didn't cry, but he 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 was pretty nervous and, and a little scared for it. So uh, I've given presentations at his school. So e- even kids at his school knows they'll see my vehicle or they'll see me go, Marshall's mom, the storm chaser. <laughs> and I'm, he's at that age now where it's like, it's, that's not cool anymore. Like I, oh, I probably yeah, can't do yeah. that now that he's going into third grade. That's over. I should not do that to his school anymore. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's, I, I'm sure, I'm sure as he gets older, he's going to realize how cool it is to have a mom. Yeah, that's a storm I, chaser. So, I hope so. About to I say hope so. Same thing. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, and that, you know, just as you described your guys' um, schedules and just the commitment it takes, I mean, there's going to be sacrifice. I mean, there has to mm-hmm. be. Um, yep. But but in the end, you're not going to see the things you're seeing and have those experiences without doing that, you know. And and right. I'm sure you run into people all the time go, gosh, I was going to do that. I wish I would have. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, it, yeah, I, I understand completely. It, it does take sacrifice. But um, I'm sure you, like I said, you've had some amazing experiences that you'll remember your whole life. Yes. Yes, I do. And more to come, right? Hurricane. More to come. Yeah, Yeah. hurricane. Hurricane. (laughs) Well, okay. So, so that is um, the the majority of our hour, Chelsea. And that was, I mean, wow, already. I know. Yeah, that's how I feel. It it flies. But I always look forward to this part because this is now we're gonna Uh, we're gonna take this tangential uh, to turn a little bit here. Um, so, so Carden is going to, uh, th- th- like he explained, we do the monkey moment, right? And Carden's going to, he's going to give you a, a question. So Carden. Yeah. But you know, we can't, we can't do the monkey moment properly without a proper introduction. Right, Blair? 
Absolutely. And yeah. uh, I happen to hear that uh, Chelsea is quite the orator of <laughs> monkey talk. <laughs> monkey talk. Yeah. So if you if you would, uh, as, as tradition on pondering monkeys, um, if, you, if you could um, give us your best uh, monkey imitation to introduce the monkey moment. All right. Are y'all ready for this? Uh, I, I think okay. so. Ready? Three, two, one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Adam's downstairs going, what in the world is going on up there? Oh, what the hell was that? I gotta, I gotta say, I feel like I say this every time. That's that's one of our best ones. Oh, absolutely. My kids are being a parent. I'm Chelsea, a parent to an eight-year-old. So. Chelsea, oh, you Chelsea, you, Chelsea, you embrace that. That that's awesome. <laughs> really, really. Really? Yeah, she made yeah. it. She owned uh, it. Oh, she owned that's it. Well, that's a perfect introduction. So uh, exactly like Claire said, a bit of a tangent. Okay, so I'm just going to uh-huh. set a scenario for you and, and okay. kind of give you a question and see where you're at. We've been asking um, every guest that we've had on and we're kind of, I, I want to say almost 50-50 on answers. Um, for a yeah. while it was one way and then we've kind of slowly swing back the other way. So either way, here's the question. Okay, you're out there chasing the storm, right? And it's a it's a, a bluebird bust, right? And it's a beautiful day, so you're like, whatever. I'm I'm coming back, but on the way home, you see these these lights that are coming out of the sky, and sure enough, it's a an alien spacecraft, and it lands um, right in front of you on the road, right? So you get out. Oh, I can't believe what's happening right now! And uh, the door opens, right? And out comes little alien guy, however um, you see it, um, and he kind of you know extends his hand at Chelsea come with us and and see the universe and let me caveat this because no 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 oh, caveat, yes, yeah. no, caveat. No, caveats. no caveats okay okay do you go Just, do you go are, do you are you stay or do you go let me get waterburger first for the ride but yes i'm in <laughs> yes, yes. Wow. i have waterburger yeah. on the way yeah. and i'm yes. in let's go yes i, I knew i knew it are you kidding me a, a woman that chases tornadoes are you kidding me? Oh, I, I just... the adrenaline rush alone so that continues i'll i'll tell you chelsea that continues to to swing it my way so that's how i do it. Uh, blair is no. more of a just like uh, i've got so much stuff to do like i got on i've got the dishes and laundry and stuff like that so no. he's like no nah, i'm not going but but chelsea. i think our last few guests have been all about it they have yep. chelsea chelsea my my <clears throat> my hesitation revolves around their intent. We haven't really cleared now. Now, Cardin okay. has kind of expanded on that question and, and softened yeah. it and says, no, they're friendly aliens. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't know that. So, mm-hmm. so the way the way the question originally was laid out was aliens come down. Are you going? Or are you staying? And I'm like, I'm staying. I'm going to take hear my scenario. The scenario was the same. That alien was so friendly and just yeah. to stop the road. And <laughs> it was just, yeah. he's a nice guy. And imagine, imagine the storms that they have on Neptune, uh, right? Isn't exactly. Neptune has got the, the great eye? Oh man, the storms there have got to be incredible. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. I'm there. YOLO. It, it, my scenario is you're five miles up and the probes come out and all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah. there's no storms up here. Uh, yeah. That's probably because you took have... so long to get on the UFO. No, just, yeah. okay, let me grab one more thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get, uh, okay. And then, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, this guy is not the one we wanted to extend the invitation to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. This is not the right guy. Well, that's awesome. Well, Chelsea, I can't thank you enough. Um, on behalf of Carter and I both, thank you for taking your time and and coming on the show. And it was very, very interesting. It just, it's fascinating. 
Um, and I've, I've actually, I've actually seen, um, one authentic Montana tornado. It was pretty <gasps> anti, it was pretty anticlimactic. You know, it just came down, touched <gasps> the ground and, and kind of went back up. Um, but, but the thrill of it and storms in general, I love a good lightning storm and, and all yeah, that stuff, but I, I can see very much what, what feeds your passion. I think it's really mm-hmm. awesome that you're able to do that. And, you know, you live in a place that, that gives you such a, you know, such great experiences. I, I just think it's That's- really cool. Yep. That's awesome. Thank you. This was so much fun. My face hurts from like laughing and smiling and I'm, <laughs> I'm already sweating at having to go downstairs and explain myself with the monkey. Movement. So yeah, looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. I wish you the best of luck on that one. And again, uh, exactly to, to reiterate the sentiment, thank you so much for being on. It was fascinating. Yes. I can't believe the hour went by so fast. It was, it was, it was really great. Thank well, you guys. It was wonderful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we wish you luck with future endeavors. And hey, one more time, what is the, the YouTube channel? Or what is so the it's just te- Yeah, Texas Storm Chasers. Okay. Three words, Texas Storm Chasers. You can usually, you can just put that into Google and it should pull up websites, social medias, YouTube, all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Good. I'm yeah. sure a lot of people will check it out. So, okay. Well, um, Chelsea and Carden, episode 30 in the books. In the book. Woohoo! High five. <laughs> well, again, thank you. And uh, Carden, I guess episode 31, we will meet then. We'll meet then. All right. Thank you both. You're yeah, welcome. Thank you Chelsea. so much. Good night. Have a good one. Good Bye. Night.